You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. My name is Chris Spangle, and uh, this is a special edition of We Are Libertarians. I'm sitting in a hotel room. I'm here with Frank Caliendo. Uh, Yes, that Frank Caliendo. No, this is... uh not a cheap knockoff, Frank Caliendo, that I found in the hallway. My, my first question to you, Frank, is what is it like being the most famous person I've ever met? That's not true. You haven't met more people more famous than me? I feel like you're the Peter. most famous person I know. You're definitely the most famous person I've ever had in a hotel room. Oh, <laughs> that can get you in some trouble. Uh, yeah, maybe even the most famous person that will talk to you. Oh, that yeah. Was, that was like, like you've brushed by a lot of more famous people than me. That's given me their phone number. Yeah. Like, I can text you. I feel like, I don't know if we're friends, but... Uh, yeah, I would not go that far. Loose acquaintances. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, what is it like to be known someone? I, I have a weird existence where people don't know me as much if I'm not wearing a wig and a fake nose. <laughs> right. So if I were to walk somewhere with a fake nose and a gray wig, people would be like, you're Frank Caliendo. And uh, or at least that guy, that uh, John Caliendo, because they get it mixed up with John Madden. Uh, if, if you're in an airport and want attention, do you just start doing Bush or Madden? And you're like, oh, hey, what's going on, man? Exit stage left even. That's what Snagglepuss used to say. <laughs> so it is odd for me because I grew up watching you on Mad TV. That's where I How know. old are you? I'm 35. I'm 40. Well, I guess I'm 10 years older. Yeah. Yeah. 45, 74 I was born in. So 45. Yeah. Mad TV was a huge. I mean, I watched it probably more than I watched SNL. I, I really loved Mad TV. And so I, I remember you from that. And so so when I, when I met you at Bob and Tom, I was like. Complete oh. disappointment. <laughs> I still haven't recovered. <laughs> uh, I was like, wow, this is Frank Elliott. He was on the magic box. Yeah. Uh, and and so I had a uh, an awareness of you. I knew you, and then you had no idea who I was. What is it? I, I've this has started to happen. I'll occasionally be out, and somebody will come up and go, "Hey, I love the podcast," and they know you, but you don't know them. Like on the scale that you're at, that has to be somewhat like odd. Like yeah, it's uh, weird because you how, don't. How do you know, reconcile? You that? don't know if somebody knows you. I'm like I just say, do I know you? Um, and that that usually like no 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 I and they will give you the goods on where they know you from. Right. And sometimes it's even they'll know you from they, they, you think it's entertainment and they'll know you from high school. <laughs> Really? Or something. Yeah, because yeah. you don't know. I remember Jimmy Kimmel telling me a story about somebody at Home Depot kept looking at him, and he's like, yes, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. And the guy's like, no, 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 you have something on your <laughs> lip. He's like, oh, so you have to – you don't want to do that thing where you think people know who you are just because you've been on TV or right. whatever. It's a weird thing. I always guess that they're they you know they think I'm weird or something, and that's why they're staring first. But if it's over and over, if people look away and keep looking back, you can almost feel that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'll 
if if they don't say anything, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know. But if they say something, it's always you know you're just nice to them. My my wife, you've heard me told this tell the story a little bit, but my, sitting in the airport with my wife and she's like, "Why are they staring at me? Like it's me. They people right. know who I am. They they think I'm either the guy from TV or I'm their high school gym teacher somewhere in that in between those two uh, bookends. But in terms of when people see me too, they they. I'm not noticed that much because people expect me, not only the wigs and the nose, people expect me to be way taller and fatter. Mm. So when I'm 5'6", and people aren't expecting that. They're expecting to see John Madden or somebody who they think is 6'3", 350 pounds. That's that's what they're thinking I'm going to be. And uh, it's almost like this level of disappointment when they they realize that that the magic box you spoke of uh, amplifies and makes you believe things that may not, may or may not be true. Yeah. So, is it? Do you get recognized every day? I don't go out enough to okay. be recognized <laughs> every day. You have to leave the compound to. Uh, I would say, yeah. I, I may, I, I'm not sure. I try. If you don't draw attention to yourself, people aren't going to know. Like I've talked to people like at Disney, and I've done the tour guide stuff with Disney. If you don't. Make it people. What is it like to not draw attention to yourself? I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> uh, bring wear sunglasses at the wrong time. Yeah, right. Have a bunch of people standing around you that look like bodyguards. Right. That's people who you know. If you if you I remember them telling me about James Gandolfini being at uh, during the Sopranos being at Disney World. Nobody knew he was there mm. because he just looked like your average big bald guy. Right. It's it. it that he wasn't drawing attention to himself. People were like, ah, that guy kind of looks like... Jason Momoa was at an airport, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I was at an airport, and people were like, God, that guy looks like Aquaman. And he turns around like, I think that might be Aquaman. You know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um. So I have a little story about that, too, which is an interesting one about not being recognized. Like, So uh, Jason Momoa, some, I read later that his private plane had broken down, or uh, the Invisible Jet, I think he was borrowing it from Wonder Woman. All right. So he was in the Phoenix area working on a motorcycle, which seems like the type of thing Jason Momoa would do, is working <laughs> right. on a motorcycle or some type of uh, early historical um, uh, vehicle that he, or maybe some fantasy dragon killing vehicle. Right. So, um, he's on his plane. He's with his family. He's with his kids, not his whole family, but his kids. They looked exactly like him. Goatees, tridents. <laughs> and, um, so they, uh, they get on the plane and he just keeps looking at me, just looking at me. I'm thinking maybe he recognizes me because I've had that happen before where people way more famous than me recognize me. I'm like, that's pretty cool if Jason Momoa knows me using his telepathic powers. <laughs> Aquaman summons Frank Caliendo. Boom, boom, boom. I'm here. So uh, he keeps looking at me. Nothing, nothing. You think that if he could summon people magically, he'd summon Frank Caliendo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Only if he wanted to win the battle. <laughs> okay, right. So uh, he he doesn't, he, nothing, nothing happens, but he keeps looking at me every once in a while. And uh, then he gets up to go to the bathroom, and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to sneak a picture. My sneak a picture is not a good one. I sneak a second one. He sees me, and he reaches like, none of that. I was oh. like, oh, man. I was like, ah, oh, I wasn't going to do anything with it. I just want to tell my daughter. You know, but right. people, they worry about they're going to be put on Facebook or something right. like that. I had no interest in that. I just want my daughter to see it because she's a huge superhero fan. Well, that's not the worst part. Oh, no. Yeah. The flight attendant sees me doing She goes, you are going to uh, get rid of that. So I obviously lied to her. And I was like, absolutely, <laughs> I will. And But in my mind, I'm going... 
people were taking pictures of him the whole time. Nobody, right. no, and why am I all of a sudden the bad guy? Um, why am I Black Manta? That, so, that's kind of like it's got to be his whole life. Just b- people whipping out their phones as you walk. Right, by. They, they all were, but I was the one who got called out, and then the flight attendant telling me. <laughs> That I have to put it away, and I'm thinking, what are you talking? Wait, people take pictures of me too all the time, and right. I can't stop them. What it, he would have used his telepathy on you if he if you had to be maybe he did, and I didn't know it. So um, then I, I was like, I, I, I lied to her and said I was going to get rid of it, and I didn't. But then it got worse because as he comes out of the bathroom, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, dude. He's like, and so we had a great conversation because he's like, ugh, that was all I got from him. So he went and sat back down. And then uh, me trying to make up for it and be like, uh, just, I'm so embarrassed at that point because the flight attendant doesn't recognize me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm famous and, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not Aquaman. And I could ESPN and be stuff. one of his fish or something. So, um, Mad TV. I was there for five long years. So uh, then, um, then I I get on the phone as we're, after we landed. And I'm like, yeah, on my way over to the studio. Yeah, Fox. Yeah, just <laughs> even more embarrassing. So if you're gonna dig in, go all the way. Yeah, and I did, and I I was no problem. Yeah, uh, will uh, will wardrobe be ready for Mr. <laughs> Caliendo's third person speaker? So that was, you know, one of those kinds of moments where, you know, you're that famous. But even some people were like, look at him. Like, the people go, that's the Aquaman. Be like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't, like, people don't even know who people are anymore. Or maybe Tom Cruise or somebody that mega famous, but that guy's pretty famous. Yeah. And some people were like, oh, I don't get it. Tom Cruise is like open the CVS after hours famous. You know, like he, like, I, I, I'm, I, I was. He's mostly he's closed the CVS during hours. That's, that's exactly right. He's yeah. He's got u- Uber money. Uh, like he literally could buy like Uber. enough money for an Uber or to <laughs> like could buy Uber. Um, so I, I jokingly opened it, but I am curious about uh the concept of fame because it seems in the Instagram world and social media world the concept of social proof, which is. If you were attached to someone with power or uh, notoriety, then that helps you. I, I can tell you that going on your podcast, you were gracious enough to invite me on Alan Frank Try to Be Serious uh, a few times. And nobody ever took me seriously in the libertarian world and never got invited on libertarian podcasts even. Uh, and the second they saw I was on yours, people who had been talking trash about my podcast for years were like, you want to come on mine? Oh, really? It, it, it gave you some credibility? It, in my own community. which Interesting. And I think it's because they actually listened to that. They never had listened to my podcast. There's like a jealousy thing. But then, then when they heard me on your podcast, they are like, oh, he did a good job explaining these things. So it was kind of a weird moment of social proof where wow somebody of frank caliendo and al jackson's status recognized chris spangle yeah and so therefore there's a psychology mind it changed in their minds even uh and and that was like a moment when i went it really is amazing how much we are investing in the concept of social proof without thinking about it and you having been on the magic box, as I've called it, I mean, there's like there's like radio fame, podcasting fame is like the the bottom of show business, and then you're like TV famous, which is like I'm sports famous. TV famous more than TV famous, even though I've done a bunch of TV. But it's um, but it, it is interesting that we I see put it so, so much. And into I'm going to talk while pro- you're talking yeah. the rest of the whole right. podcast. No, but I see it. Um, 
I see it a lot in Instagram as I'm trying to learn about Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's I almost feel bad for people because everybody's just trying to look more important, mm. putting filters on to look better, getting the perfect pose. I'm not talking about just recording something that seems perfect. It's like getting the perfect look, the perfect twist, right. uh, a female to get the body shape you want uh, in that particular pose. I had a guy, it's so funny because people, the more you start talking about growing your Instagram, the more people come and try to help you grow your Instagram, Mm. but it costs you money. This is a great one I got today. I love messing with these people because I know, I know how this all works because I've met industry types of insiders. Um, But this one guy comes to me, he goes, Hey, uh, I would love to, uh, I'd love to help you grow your Instagram account or hello. They just put hello in there and you respond to it. And then they come with their pitch. I provide shout out to my 30 million follower network. <laughs> right. And it's like all in Beijing. Yeah. And I've got, uh, I've got all these big names that uh, have grown 100,000 people plus in the past year. And I said, he's like, I, after he says I provide shout outs, I was like, sure, feel free to mention me. Thanks. Yeah, right. That's all I get. And he's like, oh, would you like to, in my growth plans, I charge a $1,000 for a certain amount of followers gain. I said, no, thanks. Like, I don't, I don't need your fake followers in another country that i mean i just don't listen not that i don't need it and i get that that's part of the game but w- what's that going to do to me because they're just going to get wiped out at some point anyways and i it's not helping me gain real fandom although uh, you know they're used to doing this with people that nobody knows i actually just haven't been on social media because it got so angry and political for uh and it's not my politics that's really in uh, social media. I don't feel it's just it's. I, I I don't know if it's. I don't even know if it's. I don't even believe it's most of the people's politics mm-hmm. in social media because I look at that. I go nobody. Nobody is that like nobody loves socialism that much that has never experienced even capitalism yet. And there are big flaws in capitalism. There absolutely are. But it's like. Wait, you're already trying to pitch me that we should be not communist, but although some people are like, yeah, communist. Like, do you even know how bad that is? That's totally different than socialism, right? It's they don't understand, and I think people even define socialism wrong most of the time from what I understand it to be. Mm -hmm. But uh, just nobody has an idea of anything. So I got off of social media for a while especially Twitter, because it was just so angry and everybody just piles on. And it's just like, hey, I'm going to say something terrible about Donald Trump just to say something terrible. There's, and I, a friend of mine was like, I, I, I just have to be out there and say that I, I don't agree with him and then I want to be on record. I'm like, but every day, six times? Everybody feels that they have to be their own PR department now. Yes, there's a lot of that, and it's it's people are just trying. It's easy to get likes from a certain segment that do right. that, and it's you can get likes the other way too, and say people have to leave Donald Trump alone. But you're going to get destroyed, you're going to get killed because more people are left leaning on uh, Twitter yeah. and most social media, and I, I think it's because it's younger people and it's. Uh, uh, and I and, and I'm socially more left. It's just I, I'm just when it comes to fiscal stuff, I'm like. Hey man, I I don't know. I don't mind being taxed. I get it. That's part of the game. But at the same time, don't tell me I'm a bad person because I'm not paying enough taxes. Because I'm paying a lot in taxes. <laughs> right. Just quit telling me I'm a bad person. Right. So, do you think that? And and I don't want to. Uh, I know you 
we talked a little bit about what you normally talk on podcasts, which is comedy and censorship and stuff like that. But do you, you know, it seems like after the Chappelle special, he like carved out a new space for people. I've seen that in, I've seen that people doing that in, cause I haven't seen the full, I've only seen a little bit of the Chappelle special. I need to watch more of it. Cause so many people talk about it. Right. Uh, I just have trouble watching comedy in general. It's yeah. typical for me. So, um, well, let me. So, I saw after the Emmys, you know, after the Chappelle special, then you see Jimmy Kimmel and Stephen Colbert go on the Emmys and they kind of bash the Emmys and cancel culture. And then you see Sarah Silverman kind of doing the same after she just had her blackface incident. Uh, and she's like super woke, but then she's even trying to be canceled by a certain segment of Twitter. Um, do you. Th- you've been in comedy a stand-up comedian and and working for what 30 how long i started in 96 okay so that do you think twitter is kind of the driving force for the move left for a lot of i mean entertainment industry has always been left but comedy always kind of had um especially after carlin and his lawsuits more of an open-minded feel to it and you could you could say a lot of stuff and nick DePaula would feel comfortable performing at the comedy store right after sarah silverman they'd be friends together but then over the last like five years it seems like it's kind of gotten tighter and it's there's a lot algorithms more, it's more high stakes but al- don't you think algorithms has something to do with it it's, that, right it's, it's That's confirmation my... culture like you only yeah. see the people that agree with you now right people don't even know that who would I talk about this with? Uh, oh, I talked to Lovett, John Lovitz the other day, and he's on a podcast coming up with me. Um, he got into this; he was just being zany and stuff like that. And what, then, what podcast? Uh, that's the that's a Caliendo cast. Okay, that's a it, it, that's one. It, it's uh, more sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. But John Holmberg does that with me, uh, and he he's got a radio show and he gets massive guests. Awesome. So some of them come over to Alan Frank that I can get to talk about some of that stuff too but it's not really a serious it's more sports and goofy but sometimes people get into this kind of stuff and lovitz just came over and uh love lovitz loves holmberg and now he likes me but it was a uh, this interesting um so so where was i going with what he was talking uh, about uh, cancel and confirmation culture and twitter and its effect on comedy and, oh he was yeah. he was talking he saw the same thing i saw that he was out in the midwest doing comedy and he could see that Trump had a chance to win hmm. years ago, you know, and, and I saw the same thing. I'm like, I don't think people like uh, even I knew people at Fox News that said, oh, there's no way he wins. I'm like, I'm out there every day. He's got a chance. Hmm. I mean, it's not like I don't know if he's going to win or not. I, I, I just live by whatever happens anyways. But it's like on either side or any side. I was like, there's a lot more people that it, and I don't think I don't think they're racist or anything like that. It's like. like they're all people who feel forgotten. Like right. the Midwest is completely forgotten by the coast. And I, I grew up in the Midwest. And I know what it's like. And I think it's worse now. I don't think people care about farmers or the everyday worker. They care about the people that they believe. And they aren't even real people. They're the Instagram people, that how they appear out there. And that's something very different than what people actually are. I feel like there's a uh, – you look at Kamala Harris – and she's fourth in California in the primaries. And that, to me, says that there is um, a nationalization of politics. And that's sort of how it is in news and entertainment. It seems like everything's just homogenous. Like, there used to be regional differences to things, and you probably saw this as you traveled around the country. But now, I, I, I living in Indianapolis, just feel like everything's New York or L.A. 
Yeah. Whether it's my entertainment or my comedy or my news or it's everything's programmed to Twitter, everything's programmed to the coast. It's and and I totally get that same vibe where it's and they it's call like it forgot- flyover country. Right like on those coasts, they won't do it out loud in front of people, but mm. behind the scenes, they're like, I'm like, like I have people that don't know the difference between Milwaukee and Minneapolis. I'm really, like, those are hugely different cities. So that's not just like a, a right wing smear against Hollywood. Like that actually does exist in in these bubbles. Oh yeah, I've seen like people just like people will just literally call it. Nobody cares. Flyover country. Hmm. Like I don't know if they're being. I don't, I've heard it said many times. I don't know. It's sometimes it might be said in jest, but I think there's truth to what they're right. saying. They they care about the because there's so many people there, and they they do. I think there is a level of sophistication, quote unquote. But depending on how you turn, you know, how you define that on right. the east and west coast, you know, the New York model culture and that type, and L.A. Hollywood. There, listen. People aren't doing. People coming from a more left viewpoint aren't doing it out of evil. They're doing it out of what they see as the best for people. Right. It's the same way people from the right are doing that. It, it, it's just you're just looking at things in a totally different way, and mm-hmm. it's okay. You should have people looking at things now. Wh- whenever it comes into racism or stuff like that, I. I, I but I, I see things sometimes on the left that, that's like just as racist as it is on the right because they go, well, this group of people can't do, take care of them. What? Right. They can't take care of themselves. Why are you saying that? That makes no sense. To me, like people can it just give the opportunity. The opportunity is the difficult thing to figure out how to make that happen because people don't always have the opportunities. And I think that left side does want to give more opportunity, but what they don't realize is when you try to give that opportunity, it takes from something else. Right. And it's, that's the difficult thing of trying to find that balance. Do you think your sensitivity to a lot of this and to both sides, because you seem to be a fairly centrist person. I mean, I I don't, I don't know that you, is it fair to say you don't have very strong political beliefs one way or the other? You just sort of, you, you seem like a noticer. You notice all these different trends. I know I'm not going to change things. That's what I. Uh, but I rather see people try and get along. And I, I, I would, I would, if I, I don't like the labels. I would put myself somewhere in the libertarian-ish world, mm-hmm. but also with the understanding that everybody isn't the same as me and doesn't think the same as me. So right. I have to be willing to acquiesce on my principles because, and I, I, I still have this theory, and I think we might have talked about it over by at Alan Frank was that. Listen, when you're in a, uh, and maybe we didn't talk about it while you were there. Maybe it was after the fact. I'm not sure. Have you been talking about me when I'm not around? 100%. It's so much better than when you're here. Uh, it's, when you live in the country, it's much easier to be libertarian. Hmm. It's much easier to have all your own rights because you don't bump into anybody else. Right. But when you live on top of each other, yeah. everybody's rights are constantly infringing on each other. That's why yeah. somebody in New York can't it can't identify with somebody that lives in rural wisconsin mm. they can't because they mean wait a second you you uh I, I was talking to my neighbor like this person like i had to go two miles to get to my neighbor right there's no that's not the same life at all and which i think in a way is more of a uh, an argument for the republic right because mm-hmm. the New York, especially New York City, their community standards and their community is totally different than the community standards in 
oh, let's say uh, Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Right. Because they can't. It's not the same thing. Prices aren't the same. You want to have uh, you. They keep talking about the universal income and stuff. So a thousand dollars in New York. Good luck. Right. You use a vending machine. Thousand dollars in uh, Hoover, Alabama. You got now. You, you got an apartment. Rolling. Yeah. Yeah. You and some spending cash. I mean, it's just it doesn't even make sense. Like because the communities are so different. And, right, but the idea is that if you don't like it in one, it's hard to do this. It's harder than I'm making it sound. But if you don't like it in New York, you can go to a place where you might like it more. That's that was the whole idea behind it. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. It was meant to be fifty different labs of democracy. I mean, originally thirteen labs of democracy, where you had different characteristics because they sat in a room writing the Constitution and the Declaration eleven years before where they had very distinct characteristics between Massachusetts and New York and North Carolina and Georgia, and it's it's still that same way. And I think people in the middle of the country do feel like, all right, you want to get rid of the Electoral College now? Like, this is the last thing we've got to kind of hold on to things. You've already got media. You've already got most of the corporations. Like, we're all kind of... I, I think if you live more of a right, like if you more more of a conservative lifestyle or believe in conservative things... There is, in this new media era, a, a sense of, hey, we are getting left behind, or at the very least, we're not being left alone. Like, it, it's... Yeah, you can't, you're not being left alone. Right. What, why, what define the characteristics of a more conservative person for me? Um, I think that uh, faith, I think, plays a lot in it, in... It, Faith is it your religion, a Christian religion, or is it? Yeah, does think, it have to be Christian? I think if you are a person who is a Republican, who's a Christian, who like, and it you, has to be Christian, it can't be another religion. You, is that where? No, no. I think like if you look at Ben Shapiro, for instance, who's an Orthodox Jewish person, you know, he lives a conservative lifestyle, no sex before marriage. He believes in traditional family roles. He believes in um, a lot of non-progressive things. But he's certainly, you know, not of the Christian faith. Uh, I, I think there are, there's a lot of people out there who... Like, a lot of Indian families are, uh, absolutely. not Native American, but yeah. people from India. India. Very conservative. A lot of black households, too. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the, a lot of the values are uh, Latino households, too, Mexican. Right. And, like, people don't realize that that's... A lot, a lot of Facebook... Listen, I'm I'm not a religious person. I think I have my beliefs. I'm not sure of where I even fall mm-hmm. on a lot of it, and that's probably why, um, pro- pro- probably why I'm a little more left, I guess, in some ways, social. But I, although I never would, t- I think the problem is people now are so bold to tell people you're wrong, like uh, you believe in a fairy tale mm-hmm. when they're talking about religion. I think that's the that's the most unfair thing to say to right. a human being because you don't know. I, I actually, and this is going to sound, this may, might sound crazy to you at first, but hear me out on it. I believe in the simulation thing. Okay. I'm all, I'm all the way there because I, there's no way that if I, 10 years, 20 years ago, I say Donald Trump's going to be the president. There's no way you say, yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Right. Biff Tannen. It's yeah, it is, which is what that was based on. Right. Which 
I uh, so in terms of the uh, the, the simulation, thinking that, that we're all in a simulation. This is all because uh, technology is advancing so quickly now mm-hmm. that they say in twenty years from now you won't be able to know what reality is from fantasy, and you could mm-hmm. just step into something and you could have a completely different life, like that, the deep fakes thing, right? Yeah, I mean, but you could be in it. You could be in a video game and not even know that you're controlled by somebody else. Now, people would say, well, that takes a, that, that's a, this to religion. And I'm like, no, 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 because you don't know what's on the outside. Right. You don't know if that's all. We're all just living life. And uh, listen, again, as crazy as it sounds, you have to go, geez, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Just like you don't know about religion. But again, it doesn't take away from religion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, that religion could be there, and we're just living lives. Does that take away your free will? I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, I don't pretend to know. And, uh, right. and faith, but I would never tell somebody that their faith is wrong. I think uh, so to define. And the other it, part about the other part right. about the simulation is I think the programmers just got bored at this point. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like here, Bernie Sanders versus Trump. Yeah, it's, it's Fonzie jumping the shark, literally. They're like, this is the most ridiculous thing. Let's see. It's but uh, and have you ever heard the stories about people? I don't believe this stuff, but I, I you know, I, I shouldn't say I don't believe it. I'm highly skeptical. But uh, you say people see, they'll look out in the clouds and they'll see like pixelation all of a sudden. I'm like, come on. Uh-huh. I'm not that far into it, but I'm like, I just don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that I 100% believe that's what it is. Right. But I'm like, I'm not ruling it out. Yeah. So I, I think there is, I'm for a liberal society where, and by that I mean anybody can do or believe or live out their life as they see fit. Mm-hmm. I personally want to live a conservative lifestyle. Yeah. Like if I see a, a, a family praying before they eat at a restaurant, I used to think that was weird. And now as I become more Christian, I don't think that's weird. And then I kind of go, well, why should I have thought, why did I think that was weird? Like let them be. It was let just them... different than what you were used to. And it's it was exactly outside right. of your sphere of knowledge. Right. Which is a pretty good term, sphere of knowledge. That's very good. Yeah, well, I may make that the name of this episode. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think... Well, you're going to have to because it's all I'm going to say. It's going to be like smurf, smurf, sphere of knowledge, sphere of knowledge. And I totally see from, let's say, like a gay couple kissing in public 10 years ago. They said, hey, why is it weird that we kiss in public? Get over it. And I think we're like we we have. I would I would say I think it's weird when anybody kisses in public to me. Like I feel uncomfortable. Well, get ready. <laughs> That's how we end every show. Yeah. <laughs> Small little kisses. Uh, yeah, but in <laughs> little pecks, just little little ones. Uh, oh, that. So, no, I was trying to figure out if I could take We Are Libertarians, W-A-L, and turn it into some other acronym of kissing, but I couldn't. We are licentious. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm not offended, I, 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 but I'm, I'm uh, and it's my own thing. I, I'm, rare, I'm willing to say it's me being 100% the weirdo in that situation. I'm like, geez, why do people have to just kiss? Why are you kissing? Like, not, that, not, not man to man, like just any, anybody, male, female, right. anybody, man, dog. And I think that's the point, is that you're always going to be, any of us are always going to be uncomfortable with other people living out their lifestyle in yeah. public. And as the population grows, I mean, when you had a billion people on the, well, we've got seven billion. I was went out with the great Jason Doolittle who is who great, actually does a lot. He's a he really does. He's a great friend of the show 
and he took me to dinner and he's like, I just don't come to Dallas. There's 10 million people in this city and you can't get anywhere. It's too much traffic. I go, is it like not enough interstates? He goes, no, they have enough interstates. There's just too many people. And I think when just like going back to the New York analogy that you mentioned a bit ago, it's like we haven't gotten to a place in society where we just you just have to accept that other people are going to make choices different than you and you just have to shrug like the, like what, what, right, you, what right do you have to judge? Like that's right. the that's why I look at everything now. It's like, what right do I have to say that's right, wrong? It bothers me now. If it infringes upon what I'm doing, like I don't like. I go to a restaurant. And I don't like hearing people throwing f words around at a restaurant where there are a bunch of kids because you're not you're not living in the situation. You're not you're not adapting to your right. surroundings at all. And I have friends that do it all the time. I've seen like. A, a kid out with his grandparent, you know, having a meal, and they got to hear my friend throwing f this, f that. I'm like, right. come on, can't you see? There's a kid there and a grandparent, and they're just trying to have a nice thing in public. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm I want to do my thing in public. I'm like, but you don't have to do that. They're right. not going to do anything that's going to bother you. Can. But do you need to that? And I don't try to get in an argument about it. But I'm like, that's exactly you can. But do you need to? Can't right. you just care enough? about somebody else because i hate going to place like i was on a plane with a guy he's just throwing f words you can see the people in front kind of of me just kind of you know one seat up going "Ah," you know he's saying things about broads and you're going right my gosh yeah i think that's kind of what i think we're lamenting is there while we have gained that idea that you get to live your life in public as however you see fit we've We've increased in the that liberal idea, but we've decreased in the idea of just common respect. Yeah, and understanding that I may not like, I may not want to. It's like uh, I I've I heard this from Dennis Prager, and I thought it's so great. Like you wear deodorant and you brush your teeth because you don't want to, want to subject other people to your bad breath and bo. Mm-hmm. Your mood should be the same way. If you're in a bad mood, you shouldn't take it out on other people because that's just common, basic common decency. And I thought, and it can happen, but you try sure. to make it not happen. And, and that is, and I just that hit me like a lightning bolt. And and I think there's just a lot of people who, where I was in a bad mood yesterday, and I was at the airport, and I hate being in airports. I hate flying. Like, and this woman just was really rude in the TSA line, and I wanted to yell at her. And now I'm not a, an aggressive yeller like my dad would have. I've tried to and that family legacy. And I think there's just a lot of people who are okay with, um, I have this impulse, so therefore it's going to come out of my mouth. It's called Twitter. <laughs> That's the right. problem. That's why I stopped doing Twitter. Mm. Like I was on Twitter and I realized I was saying things that I would tweet, like snarky th- tweets. Yeah. I started to say this stuff. I'm like, this is, this is what everybody's doing. Right. And and you can't do that. You have to be cordial. You can't be rude. Uh, that, that's one of rate, my rate my Trump. What tremendous. Oh, on rate. a scale of tremendous to rate. tremendously tremendous, it's tremendous. <laughs> sad. <laughs> that's my favorite Trump when he tweets sad with exclamation point. Yeah, well, uh, it, it's amazing how he'll do that. Like he no, he doesn't even talk like he tweets. Like most people will tweet or write like they, but he he has these weird things that are kind of like he was, but it's almost like he self edited halfway through. Here, I'm going to fix this. This is grammatically incorrect. Right, and now two periods. I think he does that stuff because he knows. Oh, look at this idiot! Look at this idiot! And he knows he's going to get 
probably twice the amount of retweets when he does a misspelling. Yeah. He probably, and I, I, I do subscribe to the ch- think, 40 chess theory a little bit. You think it's kind of like the Nigerian bank where they yeah. they put misspellings in there just to, to get people to, you know, if you're not looking for the spelling and you don't know, you have a better chance. Right. Of, really? Yeah. They, 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 they don't, you, I always thought it was for the editing um, because they didn't speak the language it was right. coming. It's not. It's because the people who are answering that stuff, if they're not checking, you know you've got a better chance of pulling them into the scam. That is brilliant. Yeah. I think you've got, I think you've nailed, I think, yes. I think there are so many people on Twitter, which is like a bad neighborhood, but we've somehow let it in the media become the neighborhood we think that's reality when in reality it's just a bad neighborhood it's new york city it, right it's new york city you ever been in times square mm-hmm. when there's a lot of people there everybody's mm-hmm. just bumping at each other and everybody's like hey get out of my you know right. people are yelling at each other that's exactly what it is you're never going to see them again you're bumping people are walking different ways they're it's just that's that's tweets coming back and forth people just yelling at each other people get on it and now you can add on to it that's yeah well, like this uh, Greta Thornburg, and I'm, I'm, we're not going to get into a climate debate, but I'm, I'm watching this. She's the 16-year-old girl who spoke at the UN. She's very passionate about climate change. and Has Asperger's, I believe. Yes. Or- and when she speaks about climate change, she's she uses a lot of emotionally manipulative tactics that I think are, are a lot of the same taxic, tactics that Trump used. But Trump's an adult male who is has figured this stuff out. Sh- she's a child still i mean i would still say a 16 year old child and you you just kind of like listen to her and you go this is just her parents pouring into her head bad thinking scaring her to death and it's coming out and we're amplifying one i think if if the child has is autistic Mm -hmm. right with asperger's um the i i i Listen, I don't think the child should be put in that position anywhere. I don't think a child, like anybody under, like I know this sounds contrary. It's why I say, listen, I'm not 100% anything because I would say you have, you can do it, but I I wouldn't. You put this kid in a situation, this child, like no matter how noble the cause or her beliefs might be of trying to, it's not fixing anything. It's not, that's all it's doing is, it's it's uniting the people that are the confirmation bias there, mm-hmm. but it's also then just taking the other side going, you're using a kid. On both sides. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're opening this, this child up for abuse, which if you're a parent choosing to, like, you know what's going to happen. You know the memes, the anti-Greta memes that you're going to see. And, like, so I just made that point on Twitter going, like, I just don't think that anything's right about this because it, like, from an empathetic, caring point of view, teach her how to not persuade in, a, in an emotionally manipulative way. But maybe she can't. And, she might not even be able to do that. And We don't know. And if she can or can't, why let your kid be a worldwide punching bag on purpose it just because fame they don't care what kind of fame right it's just fame because fame is money and people would tell you well she's out there no matter what she's taking one for the team i've been because we don't care what these climate deniers think anyways they're uh they're uh so far backwards in the in the science books that they don't they don't even understand what's happening here we don't we're not going to get those dummies anyway right it's 
and I, what is the what is the other side? I can see that because I actually think it's a very rational thinking to say I don't like putting a kid with Asperger's or autism in that spot because I, one I don't think any kid can handle that. I don't think most adults can handle it. Right. Uh, most secure adults. Mm-hmm. What is the what are the are the are the super um, activist climate change people? Are they against it too, or were they? No, they're for it, and they're they're bashing the right. So, uh, you know, I just got. Well, what's the right saying? The right saying. So the right is basically saying uh, there are a lot of people saying what I said, which is what I just don't think this is healthy. And I was. Bashed. And you're not bashing the kid. I'm not bashing not, her at all. I'm bashing not even the, the kids. It's not even the kids. I'm saying her parents are doing her a disservice. Right. And man, you would have thought that I called her all kinds of names. Really? He, people never saw the nuance of what I was trying to say. And I just walked away going, why am I doing this? Why am I on this garbage website? If you can't say, you know, if you, if you can't get most of America or the world to agree that child abuse is a problem. Mental. Uh, you know, it's. It, right. But like, even, even if it was the best cause in the world world that has some type of you know why would you put your kid in that position i just think that's a tough one i i mean i know why fame people think her, fame. her parents are allegedly i've heard they're actors both of them so i i don't I yeah, and then you're i mean you're skewed anyways that's why i don't live in los angeles because people uh, they, they're uh, very well-intentioned people to me are just lost in in you know changing what you look like right. and, uh, and maybe i'm wrong i can i can but it's just where i come from and i'm not again i'm not judging but i just didn't want to be around it yeah like if my if i had children who are uh, whatever they want to do in life i'm all for if my kids are gay if my kids are straight if my kids are uh, whatever I, I listen i'm going to support my kids but i'm always going to give them uh you know that love but i'm also going to give them like say Hey, here's here's what you're facing in any t- you know any type of. Why do we care? Who was it? It was talking about. Was it maybe that was Lovitz too? He got into some interesting. But it was somebody telling me, why do I know that Don Lemon is gay, and why do I know that Anderson Cooper's gay? It just doesn't right. Like uh, I, I, it doesn't. I don't feel like that's like I. I should I know that a, a news anchor is straight? Two. Right. I don't. What's the difference? Why? I don't need to know. And it used to be when news was just news. Like it used to be that if you did the news, you would never mention somebody else's news. Right now, they just talk about each other's news. They have wars between the different <laughs> perspectives and the different uh, magnifying glasses people are looking through. Yeah. And I always do that same thing. I say the same thing over and over. We can we can disagree on something, but we could be saying the same thing. I'm over here and you're over there. And you say, no, I'm over here and you're over there. Yeah. You can even be saying the same thing and people don't want to listen. But I don't know how – I again, there was something – there was – I just don't like putting kids in those positions because – as much as they might be doing good for your cause, they're also going to take a lot of stuff from people you deem to be bad people. But yeah. you know the people are, quote-unquote, bad in your head, That it, what's going to happen, but you still put them out there. That's why I think it's done. I think that's why they take kids, especially climate activists and gun control activists, take kids, put them out front, so when people oppose the ideas that they're speaking, then the the let's say on gun control you put out david hogg 
And then when David Hogg gives gun control lines and then the right says, nuh-uh, then the left gets to go, they're abusing children. Look at these bad people. I think it's, I think it's a tactic. It's a, it's a well-worn it's tactic. It's basically entrapment. It, and it's really a disgusting tactic. And both sides do it, but the left seems to do it more, especially on these two issues. I mean, well, I a lot the of the same people who were, who were bashing the Covington kids on Twitter are bashing the right for being mean to Greta. And you go, You're, I can literally go back in your timeline from earlier this year when you were saying, well, we should put those, those Covington kids to death. And that story was so far debunked. I mean, it just... So let's talk about how we solve it. I'm going to ask uh, you uh, to solve the problem. I mean, when you go out and you do... You travel around the country, you do stand-up comedy, you do corporate shows, you uh, do appearances, you, you talk to a lot of people from a lot of different persuasions and perspectives. Like, what lessons have you kind of gleaned over the last, let's say, few years um, from just kind of being able to weave in and out of different groups and different identities and different... I mean, you literally take on other identities. <laughs> don't eat the yellow snow. Uh, I, you know, I don't even know. I, I, I just it, it, do you think that's where your moderation comes from? Talking to so many different people? Yeah, yeah because anytime you meet somebody who's different than you, you realize how human they are, mm-hmm. right? And you see the human. But I also believe that people don't come from... You're, you're never... In terms of nature versus nurture... You're always nurtured by whoever, whomever is around you. Mm-hmm. So some guy who sends out a racist tweet that lives in uh, West Virginia when he's 15 and then now is a major league baseball player, who raised him? Because right. the people who raised him are the ones who are actually, this is the same as your Greta argument. Yeah. They're the ones who are speaking there. Because this person, whoever's been around him, hasn't had enough people that are diverse enough to understand or – I don't even think it's progressive. I just think it's more of being around people and understanding that we don't all come from the same set of circumstances. And if you have darker skin, the reality is that in this country, people are – a lot of people are going to treat you different. It's not every person, mm-hmm. but you will have – a, a different a little bit different of a life yeah um i remember a person telling me a story about um there was a guy a homeless guy who had passed out or died he'd actually died mm. and he was on one side of the street and a, a black person was did, told another person about it a white guy he's like that person's dead over there he's like why didn't you tell the police he goes because I'm black and I don't want to have a, you know, they're going to, there's going to be a set of judgments on me that are, that they're going to ask, they're going to ask me other questions, mm-hmm. possibly, maybe not a hundred percent, but you have to worry about that because that's, there is, there is plenty of that. And there are plenty of people who are bad people in whether it's law enforcement or just in everyday life. Now there's plenty of good people too. And you're not a lot. I don't think you can judge all people based on just the bad ones that are out there. I think that's the other issue we get, uh, you know, it happens where somebody who's in one category does something and people like this whole category is filled with bad people. Well, Every category's got some bad people in right. it. There's no category. Look, you would say, you'd say, no, well, look at the priesthood. Exactly. Right. I know some shit libertarian podcasters, Frank. <laughs> some real dildos. 
<laughs> I haven't heard dildos in a while. <laughs> no, I just end scene. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think I keep coming back to that. I, I totally identify with the idea that I can't fix it. And I've become more and more aware of that over the last few years because no matter how hard I try to be, uh, to try to educate. Um, well, you, when you came on with Alan Frank and you said, I, I, I just want to persuade, I'm like, don't persuade. Mm-hmm. Just tell where you are and let people make their own judgments because I yeah. just don't think you're going to ever persuade people. N- not you, but people in right. general. People are just so set. It's the people who can be persuaded that simply now i don't have a problem with throwing ideas out there for people to listen to that's different than just trying to forcefully persuade to just give the a persuasive argument being formed just kind of if you throw it out there and make good points people go yeah but a lot of time people do this it's a good point but i just i don't know i just don't like it i don't know if it's because i'm 35 and i'm i'm kind of blossoming into a middle-aged man i'm 36 now um, it, aged a year in this podcast. I did. <laughs> it's been rough. Uh, it seemed like, I don't know if maybe it's just because I was younger and in college and you're more open to uh, discussing ideas, but it seems like people are more, ca- like, they're more galvanized. They're more sure. They're more, everybody's making a public, uh, they're, uh, they're making statements at each other now than they used to again the algorithms people yeah. have confirmation bias they're shown that they're right like I, I, and i'm asking you these I questions got 32 likes on that man <laughs> right comedians i think have a special gift for kind of gleaming societal trends and so i just wondered how much you think social media has has kind of changed the the interpersonal dialogue because i think it's changed comedy it's changed how we talk to each other, it's changed just Everybody's like worried about, about what's going to happen. They can have something yeah. snowball on you and destroy yeah. your career. Just on, on, on lack of context. Right. That's, that's what's scary. And that, that so many people will jump on a bandwagon because they see a blue check mark say something and somebody, right. like, you're going, what? You didn't listen to the whole argument. You just cut out a little piece to come after me. Yeah. Uh, it, that's the problem. Intent I, doesn't matter. And intent's the whole thing. Tone and intent is all that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, what did you try to do in this situation? You tried to uh, enlighten somebody to where you're coming from on something. I always right. just say, anything that I say is to me. Uh, this is how it appears to me. Yeah. Which you're, legal, you're allowed to say. When it appears to me, you can't say it should be for you. That's when I think it's wrong to say to somebody. Yeah. But it's to me, this is how I see it. And people are like, oh, yeah. I've had several people kind of push back on the idea of persuasion uh, in the last several months. If I, as I have used the word persuasion... It doesn't work. Look several at, people have just told me that's just a fool's errand, which it wasn't five years ago, but it seems like in the But a Hollywood age, person tells you to, to be less conservative or less, you know, what to be more progressive, and does that work on you? No, I think challenging... I, I'm a libertarian because I was a conservative, and then people argued back with me or, or mm-hmm. challenged my ideas and i had no defense and so that that was a form of persuasion for me yeah but that's i don't think like, that's persuasion so to speak as it is just conversation right and some of them might have been persuading at the time too but i just don't think 
in this time, I think too many people are have too much confirmation bias around them hmm. that they're, they're, there's no way that you get outside of their algorithm that they're going to be persuaded because they, they have too much coming their way of people that already are telling them they're right all the time. Mm. It's hard. You, you hear 50 rights, you get one, I don't, you know, that's wrong. Right. What it's a care? personal attack. How dare you? Yeah. I also agree. I also believe that most people aren't offended by things. I agree. They I, say I, think that's a bu- I think that's a complete bullshit term. I think they're annoyed annoyed or maybe they're genuinely outraged but i don't think that i've ever had the emotion offended i don't think that's an emotion i i i really don't know either i've had a similar thought uh process to that the similar a semi-similar similar argument that i don't know really what offended is because if somebody came up to me and did a short joke because i'm short or a fat joke, because I'm fat. I'm not as fat as I was, but I'm still fat. You used to be enormous. Huge. Wow. Tremendously large. But in, obese. In, obese. <laughs> obesive one Kenobi, my favorite Star Wars fatty. Um, but you're annoyed by the short joke because you've heard it already. I've right. heard that joke. Same thing with any ethnicity or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody does something. It's... I you know I, I you know there are a couple things I could th- if the intent is to be I, I do think there is offensive I don't think most of what we say is offensive is offensive but offensive is if somebody tries to hurt you I don't think it's with words to your face that could be offense I could see that I could see taking offense I take offense to that I yeah. could see those words but not a joke that's meant to be to 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 be funny it can be crude. And poorly developed and bad, but I, I... Well, you think about, um, and maybe you've done some of this, you know, working in the sports impression world. Like, I, I think back to Jimmy Kimmel doing Carl Malone on The Man Show and putting on brown makeup and doing Carl Malone, you know, that impression. And you, you go, you know, he gets away with it because he's part of... Uh, what Michael Malice calls the evangelical left. He buys in totally. The second he wavers on what, you know, cancel culture, who works at Huffington Post, the, these reporters, the blue check marks, as they're sometimes called, or SJWs, as soon as he were to deviate, let's say he weren't all in on socialized medicine, man, Media Matters would have Carl Malone blast up. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel needs to apologize for the, Like, there's almost a becoming an industry and attacking comedians. That's why I think Dave Chappelle was in a unique uh, position to kind of go after that concept and say, these are just jokes. Let people... I'm going to literally take... I knew he was going for the throat when in doing the trans jokes, he made the Asian face and joke and sounds that you're not supposed to make. Like... Mm. Uh, I remember Adam Carolla, like, I don't know if he got fired or got suspended for a couple weeks for making Asian jokes when he was the radio host in, in L.A. at that time. Like, uh, they're v- like that particular community is very, um, uh, very organized when it comes to kind of knocking that down. And Chappelle knows all that. And, like, he really seemed to go, no, these are jokes. I mean, as a comedian, I mean, how much does it, and an impressionist, how much does it, play into your choices i mean well, i want to do less impressions because it's, really? everybody's putting you in boxes and saying what you can and can't do yeah it's very difficult you don't you, you know it's i can't do 
certain people that don't look like me in makeup yeah. already. So that limits me in a sketch. I've already been uh, limited to narrowing that down. I got a que- I got a question for you that I haven't heard anybody ask. Women have been oppressed too, right? Absolutely. I'm almost turning to Norm Macdonald. Women have been. What's with these broads? Women didn't have a uh, have a right to vote either. All right. But uh, guys can dress up as women. That sounds like a Norm argument, doesn't it? How about John Cleese? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there is... The, think about how women couldn't own property. Am right. I right? Yeah. Uh, women couldn't vote. Women couldn't do a lot of things. But... Uh, there's nothing there's no and that's that's some bad old white guy stuff uh-huh. that but women didn't have these rights because these old white guys and um who might not even been that old at the time but i guess even at 30 you were probably old back well i will say there there has been um at the place that i work at there's been a quiet me too evolution certain ways i think there are certain things that i talked to somebody we're at the national radio association of broadcasters radio show and i talked to a salesperson that works at a station that has no affiliation with anybody i'm connected to she's just a friend and they have a morning show that is uh intentionally gross right especially towards women just sort of that old school guy talk like howard stern has even reformed his act you know he's now like trying to be the new larry king Instead of like stripper bingo, right? Uh, Do you two have a kiss? Do you kiss? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> come on, kiss right now. Let me touch it. Uh, he's, you know, there has been uh, in the talk radio industry that's geared towards comedy more sensitivity towards women and less of that idea of like maybe our dads had kind of you know I. I just remember going out to the garage where all the men were hanging out at the family gatherings and being told, whatever you hear out here, you don't tell your mother, you know? And I just think that kind of talk has just gone out of fashion, and I personally am turned off by a lot of it. I think it's in bro culture. I think it's there. Uh, Yeah. I think it's younger because they're, again, the the, um, counter culture Mm -hmm. is more conservative because mainstream culture is way more liberal. Yeah. So I see it all the time. I, I see the kids and the kids who think they're quote unquote Democrats. You know, it's so mm-hmm. funny because my son even says, he goes, dad, I think most kids are just what their parents are until a certain age. Yeah. They just say they are because they hear their parents say they're mm-hmm. that. And you go, know, but I talked to my friends. He goes, most of my friends don't fit into that category at all. Yeah. Uh, like he goes, my friend, uh, I'll just make somebody up. Mikey, He's uh, he says he's a big time Democrat, but he he doesn't recycle. Like, well, that you can't. No, you can't be there. Right. And I've even had arguments with my wife, who just thinks she's different parts of you know. She she doesn't think it through all the time. She she was she thought she was very big Democrat when I met her. Then she learned more about our taxes and me making money. Then she became a very strong Republican for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I said, and then she wanted something fixed. And she said, like, we need social uh, programs for this. Yeah. The country needs social programs. I go, well, then you're not a Republican. Right. Like, you're probably right that there needs to be something there. Or there could be something right there, but they'll waste money on something else. And that's the issue. Right. And that's what that's. That's what the issue comes down to is I think a lot of people, I think even a lot of conservative people would be like, hey, I'm all for, it might go against my, what I believe in, in terms of government, no. but I would be for it if it were efficient. No. I would at least, if I knew the money was going somewhere, 
that and there weren't going to be six different ways and just lots of different people being paid to do the same thing not even in a different way they just don't know the other people are actually doing it yeah i would be for that i i would i would break my where i am on my um uh beliefs and just say i i acquiesce to this and get it but the problem is there are 25 different programs. None of them are yeah. actually doing anything. And there's just somebody getting rich on the end of it that doesn't really have the best in mind for people. That has the best connections. I mean, that that's... Uh, and I have the best connections. No, but- I had one with the people in Russia. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, Going back to your, uh, your uh, hologram scenario, they're just like... Let's put a little Ukraine in there. Let's just like let's make up Ukraine. I call them cranies. <laughs> the craniacs. Craniacs. Uh, uh, yeah, the, I, and the craniacs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I think that is uh, definitely. Um, I've lost control of the conversation. We we're, we're very far out from where we where we. Uh, so let's circle That's back. That's how conversation works. Though. Yeah, conversation. I think is you don't. Always, have. I think we've talked about. I actually do think we've stayed in a lot of the same. Tried to in the in the same world. I tried to avoid what you normally said. You talk about on podcasts, and we ended up right back there. No, I don't know how much I talk. I talk about that on Alan Frank, but yeah. I don't talk about that outside outside of Alan Frank that much. Which I think, in terms of crossover in your podcast, makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to talk that way. Okay, because good. It's, I was worried this was not going well. Well, it's not. Oh. But it's going better than I thought it would. Okay, all right. That I've got that going for me. Uh, uh, serious question. Jealous. <laughs> Your son comes to you and says, "You said you will accept him, Dad. I want to start a libertarian podcast. Will you love him?" Yeah, yeah. I I, I would not. I wouldn't let. Him, I wouldn't want him to be out there doing a podcast at fifteen years old, though. Right. Not nothing political. I don't want to put him in the Greta spot. I would be like, I, yeah. you, why don't you do something about sports and just talk? You're not gonna, you're not gonna get a big time job um, with your social justice sports takes or your <laughs> conservative sports takes. You're not gonna be taken seriously, or uh, you're not gonna get a big, big enough audience doing that. I don't think. Why don't you just talk sports, learn the games, care about what you care about? If a little of that seeps in of um, emotion or something. But I don't think you should be in there. I just don't see a 15-year-old boy talking politics. What does he know? My cousin is 13 and started a a political talk show. He's got all kinds of little cute Ben Shapiro things and, you know, liberal tears cups. And he goes, what should I do? I go, say nothing controversial, just report the news. The more you learn what the news says and and learn, yeah. Um, Would you say to to your kids stay out of politics like uh, like it's just so divisive not and if they no, want to be rich there's right that's a good point there just seems to be no upside i'm living proof there's no upside to talking politics um, no i think there's a very key a core audience i mean it's just easier to talk left or talk right mm. i mean it's and a lot of times i think some of the people that go and talk on the right are uh, they aren't even that far right mm-hmm but they get they get so smashed just being even centrist or something that or they go a little bit right and then so they're like you know what I'm getting killed I'm just going to go all the way I might as well go far right as I can and that doesn't necessarily mean to me racist or anything yeah. like that um my only my difficulty in some 
I would say, and I don't even know if it is conservative, even though you said, is I because I don't know, and I I don't know, and I'm I think I have some form of faith, but I know not everybody does, and I'm not going to tell people they're right or wrong because mm-hmm. again, I don't know, I don't know who programmed the simulation, but I just I don't like this thing in culture where people are telling people you're 100% wrong, you're 100% right. Yeah. Even with climate change or anything like that. Like I, I like somebody says it's a hoax to me, I go, I, I, I think there are personally qu- quite a few elements that can, can be, uh, you know, shown to be, I don't know if they can even be shown to be true, but they could over time. It's the nature of um, the scare tactics. Yeah. That is that stops me and turns me off to it. Going, you told me twenty years ago it was over. All right now you're saying there's another fifteen years. That means that your initial model was wrong. Can't we just try and take care of things and fix it? And people say, well, no, because the corporations. And I go, but the corporations. Yes, you're right. They're, they're some of them are greedy and all that stuff. But it all comes back to people in general, anyways. Yeah. And we clean up here in the United States. The other countries that you think are so great, they're the one. They don't have any rules like this, right? They're, you're asking, let's tax the American taxpayer to death and and let China go unfettered. Um, it does seem like someone in your simulation control room accidentally dropped a jar of Spanish Inquisition, and we're we're dividing people like the you know between heretics and true believers and that just this healthy dr- I think I think we thought that we were more evolved than tribalism but I don't think we are I think we still are the same tribal animal that we were 10,000 years Is ago. that terrible as long as you can you be tribal and at least uh love thy neighbor can you can you be that I or? think I think that the problem the best that I can guess uh, is that when you in- introduce politics, when you live your life, I live my life, we're neighbors, but as soon as I come over to your house and I go, hey, uh, we just passed a law and the thing that you don't like, we're going to make you do or else we're going right. to put you in jail. Yeah. Well, now I have to fight you. I don't care if you live your life the way you live your life, but the second you say through the through government we're going to force you to do the things that you don't want to do well then that this the and harder to enforce in the country than it is in the city right the, the the divisiveness is inherent to the system it's a feature not a bug as is often said and so i think we are asking uh, going back to the republic example we're asking the federal government to do too much and the state and local governments to do too little now and you know the byzantine empire fell it's called byzantinism when you have too many rules too many layers of regulation too many rule uh like if you start a business right now in in a city like new york city or indianapolis or dallas the amount of people that you have to go through at the state level federal level local level to to do if you're a construction guy and then you got union regulations like it's just too hard and so people stop trying. Right. And so uh, less jobs are created. So there's more dependency on the welfare state. I mean, my dad runs a janitorial company and has since 1978. And he literally cannot find anybody who will work for him. Man. 
And if he wants to employees, he has to hire people illegally, which he does not want to do. So the the he's willing to create jobs, but nobody's willing to do the jobs. People think they're above those jobs because we've told everybody you have to go to school to do this. That just having an honest job and working with your hands, right? and, uh, and they, they take, I mean, I did the math one time with my ex-wife. Uh, if we quit our jobs and went on all the social programs, we'd make an extra $50 a month Yeah. at that point in 2009 or 10. And so you just go, what's the incentive to be a productive member of society when I can get the government to steal money from Frank Caliendo and give it to me? Well, what was that when, uh, when the country was formed? Because you're a historian. What was the... Well known. What, what was the... Uh, the tax rate here what were the social programs zero uh, oh it, it was it was uh if you heard of whiskey rebellion yeah but no but I'm, I'm making a point here right when they when the when the statue of liberty said give it your start you're poor you're tired you're poor that was when there wasn't a safety net for anybody right. and you came here and people would die right you took your chance but there was it was money wasn't the bottom line. Now most of the reason I I think there are racists too. But I think most of the reason that people uh, get upset about immigration and illegal immigration. And I live in Phoenix, where I know a lot of Mexican people who are angry about illegal immigration because, mm-hmm. like, I had to go through all this to be here right. legally, and other people don't, and they can just be grandfathered in. That's weird mm-hmm. to them. And uh, but if. I don't think people would care as much if money wasn't involved. Right. But it becomes part of because anybody who says that uh, some group of people isn't hardworking, well, what are you talking about? That everybody and that people use that as an argument too. They're like, oh, who's the hardest working group of people? Mexican people work very hard. Absolutely. If sure. You, you can't say that, and then they'll do that lazy joke versus they're the ones who work the hardest. And it's like you're missing the point. The point isn't about who's coming. It's not racism. The point is that these other people are making is. Listen, there's taxes. There's a certain amount of money that's taxes, and then there's a certain amount of welfare. Welfare or uh, – I don't want to make it sound like people are doing it uh, because people have to get on their feet. It takes time to get on their feet. People aren't doing it to be jerks. They're doing it to survive. Right. But when you make it easier, too easy to survive, too many people want to get here. Where are they leaving? The countries that you're saying are so good – that why would they ever want to leave them? It it doesn't make sense when you break right. down the actual argument, but it because of money. It makes sense of everybody. This was an experiment where everybody should have been allowed to come. Everybody said like the yeah. the uh, you know a, a melting pot, yeah. and it should be. But at the same time, you introduced money and people having to pay for each other at that point, which yeah. is like saying the government is saying you can't do this anymore the same your same argument works here yeah that's the difficult thing is you 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 um you talk to most people they're like i don't know and we don't all know we don't know how the economy works it's way too big why why do you not want to live in california for me you you want you don't want to pay those taxes you don't want to what time is it by the way um it's 401 okay we'll wrap up then um, yeah, I mean, most people are fleeing California. To 968's the room, I'm sorry. Yeah, 968. I'm in room 968, people. Uh, most people are fleeing California because of the, the rules, because of the, the overburdening. Like, I just look at the progressive worldview at this point, and I go, 
your model cities san francisco and los angeles and new york city and nobody wants to live there why would i let you do that to the entire country like no we're not getting rid of the electoral college but anyways uh let's let's start finishing up here i want to uh know the name of all of your podcasts and your websites and this is shameless self-promotion time if you can muster the ability I to got talk a, about I've got a skill. At Frank Caliendo across all forms of social media. You can go to frankpods.com to get all the podcast stuff. There's basically broken down into two now. Al and Frank try to be serious. Mm-hmm. And then the Caliendo cast. The Caliendo cast is more of uh, what I'm known for sports and stuff, and then doing a little bit more of the nerding out thing. Right. Um, and a, lo- Alan- a lot of comic book listeners to this podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, are, are they really? To, to wall, oh, well, wall, the nerding yeah. out, um, and I'll play the theme for you afterward, um, but that it's not out yet. But there's there are going to be different versions of Caliendo cast, um, uh, just because it's things. It's basically Frank centric, which I I met with some marketing people, and they're mm-hmm. like, stop trying to do different segments and bring yourself into it talk about what you like yeah. and let the people know what you do like so nerding yeah. out is all about how my daughter broke her elbow a year ago and got into the mcu and then i started getting into more superhero stuff yeah. and then wanted to learn more to talk about her with that and then yeah. we greg o'connor a guy who i know from mad tv who created a lot of the mad tv music oh cool he wrote a theme um, song that's based that's that's like a CW show. Oh, cool! It's unbelievable. It's like five years ago, my daughter Juliet broke her elbow <laughs> in a freak trampoline accident, and now I am nerding out. Like, there's a whole story to it, and he wrote uh, another thing. So, um, but this marketing g- g- group that I've been working with said. Hey, here's here's what you need to do. You're this is what you're doing wrong. You're trying yeah. to put yourself in too many different spots instead of saying, "Hey, here's who I am." And I would never do this if I wasn't in entertainment. Yeah. But it's like I've stopped. I've actually gone professional in this stuff because I've been doing it so backyard, um, you know, football version, right. like the playground football, as opposed to trying to do it like in a professional sports way. So, and I look at people who uh, have been on social media for a long time and they do things so sleekly. And I was just like, mine always looked like somebody just put it together. Um, for me who'd never been on social media before. Right. So at Frank Caliendo, if you can't spell Caliendo, it's the letter C, the word alien, and the word do. At Frank C, alien, do. All forms of social media. Frankpods.com for Alan Frank. Try to be serious. And uh, the Caliendo cast. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, big, Please go support my best friend, Frank. Huge friends. Tremendous y- friends. Yes. Uh, he's he's uh, been very gracious with his time, both here and then having me on his show. So please go download their shows now. Thanks to everybody who's listening. And uh, please uh, join our Patreon. That's how we keep the lights on. Uh, I had to pay an enormous amount of money to have Frank come on Huge. the show. Tre- like 50 uh, godzillion dollars. Godzilla. Well, we are going to get room service and bill it to my boss. Yes, we are. Uh, he, he said, uh, uh, you have my permission. I go, Tom, I have been doing that for days. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us here on We Are Libertarians, and we'll talk to you next week.